And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. I just have to say, okay, before we before we start everything, because <laughs> Jamie mentioned before we got on here about haunted houses. And yes. whenever this airs, it is not Halloween time, but the <laughs> mere mention of it just made me very very excited and Jamie was about to share with me a escape room that is horror themed can you please tell me more about this yeah so like in the not the height of quarantine but like as you know like time had gone on Brian and I were getting really bored at home and like started to look into like what if we did like an escape room because normally you could be paired with like randos but because of COVID and like they've been cleaning them um they won't put other people into your group it's like whatever group you go in with you can do the escape room so Brian and I did a couple escape rooms like last fall, um, like just us. And then, um, and we, we actually successfully escaped all of them. Um, but I was like trying to find, (laughs) I was trying to find like spooky ones. And like, there are none that were like in New York city proper, but like outside of the city, I found like a couple and they have like actors in them that will like be in there with you and, and like try to scare you or like potentially try to help you, but like not, not speak or, or like, right. you know, try to like contribute in that way. And I'm like dying to do one of these escape rooms where they have like actual actors in there with you. Yeah. So wow. basically you're in your own horror movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wait, Nikisha, have you never, ever, ever done an escape room before? I have never done an escape room and I don't know how I've gone this long because <laughs> literally every person that I know has been a part of an escape room, gone to one, gone to multiple, won all of them. And I have just been in the background. Same with axe throwing, which hopefully that'll be fulfilled sometime this month. But yeah, hopefully you'll go to an axe throwing escape room. <laughs> There's an idea, Brian. You need to patent it now. I know, I know. That's seems, the combo that we all really need. You just seem like someone who would not only love it, but be excellent at it. So we mm-hmm. want you in our room for escape yeah. purposes. I know how strong you are. So like if we need you to like, you know, come in and like bust down walls and... <laughs> And, and flip stuff like you're the person I'm gonna call. I will be the physical brute of it all because <laughs> I thank you for your confidence in me. I do not feel like I'm smart, but if you need help moving something, if you need like the extra force, I got you one thousand and ten percent. We're gonna make this happen. We're gonna have to document it and talk about it. One hundred percent. Like even Jamie suggested, like we because we watched we watched Hellfest on Netflix. It was on Netflix this past week, mm-hmm. and like and we're talking about like have you ever been to Six Flags for their Oktoberfest? And like and then we got into last year, last two years ago, I guess now. Where did we? What did we do outside of we Philadelphia? We did um, Eastern State Pen. So like. 
Philly has this, um, this like old prison called, called Eastern State Penitentiary, and it's open for tours year round. But during Halloween, they, they turn it into like a haunted house. And it's, and I had heard about, I went to grad school in, in Philly, so I had heard about it, but all my friends were babies and none of them wanted to go with me. And I'd been trying to like coax people into doing it. And then finally I, I found my, my true life partner and Brian was willing to go with me to this haunted Park. house and it was really, it was really incredible. It was, awesome. it was, it was, it was as awesome. much fun as I, I anticipated, maybe even more fun. And we talked, we didn't do like the touching, like some, <laughs> some of them will like touch you. You you can, you have to consent to it. So like you, you wear like, um, uh, what's like it a glow the, stick necklace. Yeah. You can wear like a glow stick. So they identify you as like, Oh, they consented to like being grabbed. But like we saw it happen while we were there. People will literally get grabbed and pulled into random rooms. Like this is a, this is like a real prison that was like used previously. It's not, it's not anymore, but like there are all these like random rooms and things. So I'm just like, Oh my God, awesome. where did that person go? Right. Like someone came out of nowhere and grabbed them and like literally pulled them somewhere. And then it's it like, super cool. do you have to go and get them or do they have to figure out a way to escape and find you again? This is all great. I think that was it. Well, there was one where I think we saw somebody get pulled into like a ball pit, which I was just like, haven't you put a ball pit in this right. prison? Um, but like, yeah, I think, I guess like the understanding is like, hopefully you have good friends and they'll wait for you. Right. Help you out and not leave you. Although in some of the movies we talk about, it's like, if the police tell you to get out of the house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, Hellfest is a perfect example. They kept being like, yeah, we're not going to wait for this person. Let's keep going the whole time. Yeah, they tr- they did sometimes. Yeah, that's like, true. There that's were true. times where they were like, "No, we should really like wait for this person." The the thing that really got me was like asking security for help, and and he was like, "If anything, like you know, your friends are just trying to scare you, or like this the whole event's like trying to scare you, so we must be doing a really good job." And I was like, "You're the you're the worst. You're the least helpful <laughs> security of all time." Always, but that's always how it is. Like yeah. the twenty fives of the world trying to help, and you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> one, <laughs> one by one, which is quite ridiculous. I will have to say this, and then we can move on to the movie. But <laughs> when I was a teacher, I had an acapella girl group, and as a way to bond um, together as a group, because it's a bunch of girls from different grades, so not all of them knew each other. Mm-hmm. I took them to a uh, haunted house that was at this uh, farm, Shelby Farms in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. They have like the corn maze and whatever. So they have like an outside like haunted area, like maze that you go through. Mm -hmm. And the fact that (laughs) the parents said yes and let me take their kids through (laughs) these different places, all of these like, there was one moment because it's at night, obviously, and it's outside. And even though like the spaces are blocked to where you can't get off of the trail, there was one moment where you had to literally walk through an open van to get to the other side of the maze. Like you couldn't walk around it. And so mm-hmm. obviously there's going to be something in there that's going to like fall or like totally come around and like get you. And I have just never seen those girls so scared, but at the end of it, they were like clinging to each other for dear life. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay sorry that just got me like super excited because fall and halloween are my 
favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. And today, we are talking about the 2014 found footage style horror film. What's it called, Brian? I don't know. I've got it wrong every time. So below as afar. So, <laughs> so above <laughs> as below. That might be your worst. As, Almost. As below, so above. As, as, uh, as above. <laughs> as above, so below. Yes. yes. Like alphabetically. Round of applause. Insert round of applause sound here. <laughs> right. We're finally, <laughs> finally getting it. Tell me we didn't just go in a circle. This isn't here. This is the this, same tunnel, no? This isn't here. Believe me. How did that? No, 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 no. Look. I thought you said you knew where we were going. Where? Huh? Listen to me. I'm sorry. Calm down. But listen to me. This, this doesn't go here. Okay, this down. is the tunnel. There is no, there is no turns. There is no turns. This is straight. And so the, the 2014 <laughs> film As Above, So Below is directed by John Eric Dowdle and written by Dowdle and Drew Dowdle. So I'm assuming brothers, uh, siblings, cousins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The it's, Dowdle fam. The, the, the Dowdle family. The Dowdle Empire. Uh, it's starring uh, Perdita Weeks, Francis Civil, Edwin Hodge, Ben Feldman. I know him from uh, it's the 2009 Friday the 13th. That was completely terrible. It was the remake. He's uh, in that. It says he's in it, and I was like, <laughs> well, I half looked at it anyway because it was really awful. And um, I think it's called can, The Perfect Date with Hillary Duff. Can I Duff? just say, I've never seen a Friday the 13th movie ever. Like, nothing. Nothing. I know how the first one ends. Like, I know the twist of the first one, but I've never actually seen a Friday the 13th movie. Well, that will definitely change. <laughs> <laughs> we better watch, what is it, Jason in Space? Jason X? Jason. Oh, I love Jason X. That's my favorite. I'm partial to the Manhattan, but... Uh, We'll we'll get into all of all of those terrible things. But did you guys know any of these people? I looked them up afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, these are all notable shows that I have never seen." I knew Ben Feldman from Superstore and Mad Men. I need to get into Mad Men only because I like uh, Elizabeth Moss, right? Because she's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian, did you know anybody? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I know Ben Feldman. Ben Feldman went to college, went to Ithaca. Um, he's an Ithaca grad, so I I know I don't know him. He graduated before I even got there. Um, but um, I I follow his career because um, because of uh, because he went to Ithaca. But yeah, I know him from <laughs> he was on Silicon Valley. Uh, oh yeah, super, that too. Superstore, like Jamie said. I mean, and and Mad Men, I definitely remember him from. And then he was on that 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 show. Uh, he was on the show with uh, I'm, I'm looking it up now with uh, Fran Drescher. Oh, um, living with Fran, the, I think. The nanny. It wasn't. No, it was living with Fran. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Living with Fran. So to confirm, it was not the nanny. It was not the nanny. Cor- mm. Correct. Oh, he's also in Cloverfield. I guess. Did you say that? No, but oh. I could see that, yeah. That he was I in, didn't um, know he was in Cloverfield. That's what it says on his list. But yeah, seems like a nice Jewish boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... Uh, Get that's your credits what. where you can. Maybe. But I, I also knew Perdita Weeks. She's on, I, I've never seen her in anything else. Maybe I have like randomly, but I know that she's on that reboot of Magnum P.I., 
that CBS did, oh, but yeah. like, I never watched it. I just knew she was on it. Yes. Oh, she was in The Tudors. Oh. Oh, she was. Okay. Yeah, she was Mary Boleyn. Hmm. There was another one, and I'm, <laughs> it begins with a P, and I'm thinking Pennywise, and that's not what it is. Uh, <laughs> but it's a... Oh, it's like a supernatural horror, and I think it's on Netflix. Oh, Penny Dreadful. Yes, Penny mm. Dreadful. Yes. And then uh, Edwin, this is this, honestly, this is just part of my trivia stuff. Um, but Edwin, uh, Edwin Hodge, who plays the uh, camera guy, yeah, um, in a ton of stuff. But horror, sticking with horror, he actually plays a big part in a lot of the uh, Purge movies. Oh. Uh, and then he was in Bumblebee. Uh, the animated movie, a little different. No, no, the Transformers movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Which? Oh, are you thinking of the B movie? I am. I literally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which hot take? Uh, maybe it's not hot. Maybe we agree, but hot take: the Bumblebee Transformers movie is very good. I haven't seen it. I have yeah. not seen it either. I, I think you're going to say I, something I, about I, the B movie. <laughs> I, I have actually have a very funny B movie story that I, I, I won't get into right now. I have to hear that later. We, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sidebar on that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Back to back to uh, below, so above now. Wow, but so far away, far far away. <laughs> uh, far. Yes. <laughs> well, before we get into it, obviously, spoiler alerts ahead. We're going to be talking about everything that has happened in the movies and all the dumb decisions that they have made. <laughs> But any trigger warnings, Jamie? Dead, like death, dead related. There, I guess there's a like suicide trigger warning or like a hanging trigger warning. Um, Fun fact, speaking of trivia, I mean, no, no, trigger warnings, very different. Speaking <laughs> of trigger warnings, um, they actually filmed in the Paris catacombs and they couldn't have any real props because it's like, you know, it, the French authorities wouldn't let them bring anything in. They only had the cameras and like what they had on them. Um, but, and, and so it was cool, but they had no, they had basically had like no electricity or cell phones. However, Ben Feldman apparently is claustrophobic. So he had to take breaks to cope with like the filming down there, um, which I thought was fascinating that like, I bet, I bet he's not acting a lot of the time, uh, in there for sure. Oh, well, we'll definitely get into that and how you can even possibly deal with (laughs) filming a movie that deals with claustrophobia and you are in, such tiny spaces as so far below, far away. Uh, oh, yeah, far and away. Far and away. <laughs> up, up and away. Jamie, do you want to uh, give us a basic plot summary of the movie? Watch the plot. <laughs> so, um, so this is a found footage film um, that takes place in the catacombs of Paris. Um, we meet Scarlett, who is a scholar and she is um continuing her father's work on the philosopher's stone for those of you harry potter fans you you might have heard of this before and uh and nicholas flamel i was like really (laughs) excited the first time i saw this movie that that was like the the (laughs) yeah i was like oh yeah like i guess this is like the idea of like alchemy and and stuff like generally is separate from harry potter but like I'm going to be honest, my first thought was Harry Potter. The movie starts with, uh, she's actually in Iran in like a cave and is trying to like get information to kind of like take her on the next part of the path of finding the Philosopher's Stone. So she finds this thing called the Rose Key um, and she like records the whole thing while like 
she, it, it seems like they need to evacuate because they're about to like blow up this cave system. Um, and so she's like, you know, working really fast. And then like the, it's, it starts happening and she's like running out of there. Um, and it's like a very tense, the movie just like kind of throws you right into it. It's like very tense. Um, but then it kind of like chills a little bit afterwards. Cause like now she is, um, you know, like on the next part of her quest and she, she starts working with this, uh, cinematographer who's like, or documentary crew person who is like recording her attempts to find the philosopher's stone. But then she recruits um, this guy, George, who I guess like they have a thing, some kind of thing in the past because he like also has a lot of skills. Like he knows a lot of different languages. And so she has him help her, um, like decode this rose key they get more information about like kind of the next step it's like very like puzzle like which is um, i'm totally very into Vinci code yes like, yes in fact it'd be that that's a good recommendation so they find nicola nicholas flamel's headstone Nicholas's um they <laughs> They find Harry Potter's headstone and <laughs> they find a riddle on it. They're also like destroying museum property, which like made me very anxious. And oh. then, so they realize that they need to get into the catacombs of Paris. That is like where their quest is taking them. Um, they encounter a guide who has like, you know, been in and out of there many times. So he's like more familiar with it. I think his name is Papillon. Um, I do not speak French in any way, shape or form. So um, his girlfriend, who's, I don't know how to say her name, but it's spelled like Suxi and then Zed. So um so there's six of them total, but George is um, like not interested in going into this cave because he had a like childhood trauma that we learn about later. But basically, his his younger brother um, drowned in yeah, in a cave. But like, was it a cave? There are some things where I feel like they 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 like allude to the the traumas that people have experienced, but like they don't always fully explain everything. So. Right. So, but we do know that his, his younger brother passed away, um, when he was younger. And so, um, they're like prepping and they're like slowly getting into the, um, going into the caves and then the cops show up as they're trying to sneak in. And then George essentially like has to go in. So now all, all of them are officially like inside um and like ran in because the police were chasing them and and then the tunnel collapses so they're like in there as soon as they get in there they hear like creepy singing from what seems like cultists and then they encounter what seems like a dead end but then they find another path but papillon the 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 their guide is like this is really sketchy i don't want to do it but they do it anyway. They keep going deeper and deeper. And then they find Papillon's former friend, who's named La Taupe, also known as the Mole. Mole. <laughs> um, who actually was the only person that Papillon knew had gone down there, who was never seen again. So it's very unusual and strange that they encountered him like alive and, and seemingly well, but like definitely something seems off. And so La Taupe uh, guides them further into the catacombs and is like the only way you can keep going is down. So they keep going. They find um, this tomb with a Templar knight and a bunch of treasure. And then they find the Flamel stone. 
Um, so Scarlet like takes it. Um, but then because the other people are like looking at the treasure, trying to take the treasure, she realizes it's a trap and then the room collapses and they narrowly escape, but La Taupe is trapped in the cave-in and is left behind. So then we actually see Scarlet like use the Flamel Stone, which seemingly like heals uh, any injuries that people have at that point. And then they find this like sign that says as above, so below. And they find this like hidden door. Wait, what does it say? (laughs) As above, so below. Okay. With the Star of David. And they, so they keep going deeper. Um, They also find a tunnel that says, abandon all hope ye who enter here, um, which is uh, also in Dante's Inferno at the entrance to hell. They're all pretty freaked out, uh, understandably so. And so they go through, they find a reflection of like the same exact room that they were previously in. They also find La Taupe who kills Suxi, Papillon's girlfriend. Um, and then, and then he just like runs off. Um, so they're all like very disturbed and scared. They realize the only way they, they can continue to go is like deeper and deeper. And then poor cameraman, um, gets, gets pushed to his death, um, down this like long hole, um, by one of those creepy singing cultists. They find, they randomly find, um, like creepy things like a piano that George's brother used to play. And, and he makes note that like one of the keys is out of tune and then he pushes the key and it's out of tune. And you're like, Oh my God. Um, they find a burning car with somebody inside of it who's screaming. And then Papillon is like horrified. And then he like gets pulled into the car and then he gets pulled into the ground. They see all of these like demons and things like around, but it's hard to see cause it's found footage. Creepy statues come to life and then this they realize that the stone itself is actually another part of the trap she realizes the only way that she will find the real stone is if she goes all the way back to put back the fake stone that she has and so she she like runs all the way back by herself so the only people who are left are papillon's friend um, not his girlfriend, his friend Zed, and then George, who's injured, and then Scarlet. So Scarlet's like off off to the races. And then she encounters a man who has hanged himself, who is her father. She continues to keep going. Uh, she returns to the crypt. Um, she puts the the stone back, and then she finds this mirror, and essentially, like she is the stone. <laughs> And so then she she books it all the way back to injured George. She kisses him. He is healed. She realizes that they all have to confront their 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 inner demons, their torments, the things that their traumas that they've experienced. They do, and then um, they continue to get chased. They found they find another hole. Um, they just keep going deeper and deeper, and then eventually they find a manhole on the floor, and then they push it open, and they end up upside down on coming out on the surface, uh, which is actually a very cool shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they made it out okay, and those three survived, and they all go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. 
That's the plot. <laughs> End of movie. End of saga. Hopefully I didn't miss anything. Just trying to focus really hard on my French pronunciation. <laughs> Absolutely. Papillon. Papillon. Cause La top. <laughs> that, is, that is the most important. Uh, <laughs> so this is... All, all three of us, we've watched this before and we've discussed mm-hmm. this before. So mm-hmm. this is our second go around. So as a second go around, did you like it? Did you feel the same way as the first time? Any difference? What'd you think? There's like parts of this movie that I like. And I feel like I really wanted to like this movie. But there's like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think there was like the part of me that's like, because this makes me think of Harry Potter, I'm like having a harder time, like suspending my disbelief watching this whole, like watching them go through uh, like the alchemy aspect. Um, And then, and then the whole ending, I was just like, what on earth is going on? The way that like the fact that she's just like running and like, like (laughs) beasting her way through all of these like spooky things is like, I have no idea how she made it all the way back. That was wild. Especially when, they were just lost in not knowing where they were going in the dark, basically anyway. Yeah. Which is what got me the same, the same thing. The whole last like 15 minutes, I was just like, this is not, I, I can't, because it was so detailed in the beginning mm-hmm. of setting you up of what you need to get to the next step and uh, what item you need to figure this out to get to this. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, all of it just kind of goes away. And it's like, I am the stone. I have my inner power and I'm going to use it, which could be a very cool message, but how it was presented in this just was laughable mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense of just, I, I'm not believing this. I, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. I, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same way when I first watched it. I was down for it all the way up until the last moment. And then I I was out. My mind said, no. What about you, Brian? I absolutely liked this way better the first time. The first time watching it, it was, I loved the setup. Like the first hour and whatnot. Like they, like it's, it's, it's gooblediglock, just like National Treasure is and stuff like that. <laughs> we're just like, well, it, her eyes were brown. So if Nicholas Flamel's eyes were brown, that means that it's in the catacombs. Like it's a, okay, people. Like, but I love that stuff. That's, I'm like, like I don't totally dig that stuff. And then, and then all of the catacomb stuff at the beginning is awesome. Like I mm-hmm. really, I love uh, I, one one thing that really turned me on to this movie, and like that I really d- dug the choice was that one character always has a moment where they have to choose if they're going to go ahead with something or if they're going to stick back. And the fact that um, George was for, was a hundred percent dead set on not going in with them, but then was forced in because the cops were there. I really appreciated that moment because that also that also kept anyone from being able to turn back because the cops were at the entrance. Mm-hmm. Like I, I appreciated that choice, and then all the stuff like with the mole um, and all that stuff was like super super cool. And then the end is just like. You you go to the lengths to set everything up, and then and then the last fifteen minutes, everything so happens so quickly and so with so casually and laws laws la, well, I can't do French either. Laissez faire, <laughs> and like 
And like, I don't know, it just felt like weird. But then that last sequence of like Jamie mentioned of the turn and like, I remember that the most vividly from the movie actually, because I thought that was so breathtaking and super cool. And then at the end of these movies, I always think about like, but all their friends died. Like how they can explain this to everybody. Like I always, mm-hmm. that, like, like at the end of ready or not, like, yeah, they're going to think she murdered everybody. Like get a good lawyer. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So on second viewing, none of this hit as hard at all because I already knew it was going to happen. So there wasn't anything like extra in there. Um, Usually on second viewings of things like this, I'll totally get excited about like, like, like seeing where the hints of backstory are that you kind of just like brush over the first time. And this doesn't really have it. Um, so there wasn't much to like latch on to the second time around. But what I will say is I, I did like the fact that they didn't get into people's backstories. Like, I don't care about the backstory with the car, but I love that the actor is showing us that he's facing his deepest fear. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because then that sets up the fact that like his brother died in a cave lake or whatever, or like her father killed himself, like all that kind of stuff. Like that was the interesting stuff because I was more emotionally connected to those characters. Um, but uh, and MVP for me is uh, the mole. <laughs> Which going to that scene where uh, Suksi was trying to kind of get him to come to them. And uh, she was saying, hey, it's us, you know, it's everything is fine. Everything's okay. And then he kind of like jumps at her, but then doesn't mm-hmm. attack her. And she still walks forward. It's like, at that point, you know that that's not the same person mm-hmm. that you left in the cave. So mm-hmm. why would you continue to keep going forward? And in that same yeah. vein, why did this, and I, I don't, I kind of have an answer for this, but maybe not. But why did the stone work the first time for the injury for, mm-hmm. uh, and I know that it can't work when someone's actually dead, but there, but it worked before that, like yeah. right after the cave in happened before they, like when they lost, uh, the mole, um, right. and like they were injured and she like scraped some of it off and it was, and it worked. Yeah. So then why didn't it work on George for his neck? But I know at that point and my only, and my only thinking is that all of the healing stuff happened before they entered into the gates of hell. So maybe it just, the stone doesn't work that way in hell. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that maybe the thing. Maybe like works in the room. It's like Wi-Fi. <laughs> like you, once you leave the room, the, it doesn't work anymore. And then like, or, <laughs> um, or maybe, uh, I, yeah, that's the only thing I guess. Like maybe the other stone that was in there, like, uh, like had more effect. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going with the Wi-Fi explanation. Mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cause totally. it was like, <laughs> At that point, the stone doesn't work on George. And then the whole montage of her running and getting to that place in record time to return the stone and then get back to George. I was just like, I can't. This is this is not believable. You kind of just crapped out. On, you just gave up in the, last, <laughs> in the last 15 minutes and said, okay, whatever. But going back to... Um, like panic attacks and like claustrophobia because there's a moment uh, where the camera guy, Benji is crawling her bones. Also side note, do any of y'all know it's like walking over bones, crawling over bones. Is that like an omen or like something not right? Or I don't know. I mean, it's creepy. Very much. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds horrifying. 
I mean, absolutely horrifying. Very traumatic. (laughs) Like, don't do this or, you know, whatever, bad spirits. Uh, But he was having a panic attack. And I was wondering because Scarlett was trying to calm him down, but like in the worst possible way. So Jamie, how would you try to calm somebody down who is like having a panic attack, hyperventilating? Like what are some ways that she could have done better of like actually calming him down in that moment? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot that would have been helpful in that moment, crawling over bones. Uh, But in general, like in terms of like managing panic attacks, like there's different like distraction things that people can do. Um, Like, uh, like sometimes it's a matter of like feeling another kind of uh, like stimulus, like something stimulating, like holding an ice cube um, or, or like trying to do some like mindfulness, like breathing exercises, like deep belly breathing, like when you're hyperventilating, like all of that, like all of that tightness is in your chest. You're not really like actually taking deep breaths. And so like, if you imagine that like your stomach is a balloon and you're like inflating it, like it's helpful to like put your hand, like this is what I do with like clients. Like you put your hands on your stomach and you like watch your stomach inflate because like your diaphragm is actually allowing the air to go into your lungs versus just like watching the air go into your, into your chest. And that sometimes that will in and of itself, like trigger anxiety. Like I know for me, like when I take deep breaths, sometimes like if I'm not, if I'm not paying attention to it, like it makes me more anxious because like, I'm not really taking those like deep full breaths. And so that's helpful or, or, you know, focusing on your, on your senses when you're having an anxiety attack. So like one, one quick one that I like is like five, four, three, two, one. So like, what are five things you can see right now? I mean, I'm sure he would say like bones, (laughs) (laughs) and like the person's feet in front of me um like what are four things that you can hear right now what are three things that you can uh smell right now what are two things you can feel right now and what's one thing you can taste right now I'm scared about the taste one again because of the bones but like using your senses as like the way to like kind of ground you and like like keep you like connected to your body um as like different strategies when when you find yourself like having a panic attack um at least like those are some of the things that I've that I've done with like clients who struggle with anxiety and for myself no absolutely would you say the same thing for like claustrophobia like how do you manage having to just be in a small space? Yeah. I mean, like, again, like if any of those strategies work in terms of just like managing the, the, like the physical feelings that you're having of anxiety. So like the difficulty breathing, the tightness in your chest, um, like being very sweaty, like hyperventilate, like all of that, like any strategies that like serve as a distraction from the, like the, the thing that is like, very triggering. This might not be the, the best scenario to do this, but like, is this situation like gonna last forever kind of thing? So like for people who like struggle with claustrophobia and other situations. So like if they struggle with like going into an elevator, um, which is very different from like the catacombs, uh, you know, knowing that that's like going to be a short-term thing. And so like, you know, 
the, the like time limit on that and being able to like, tell yourself that you're going to survive, like you're going to survive this because like it's short term, there's like a whole bunch of like, uh, like exposure therapies, like a real form of therapy that works with people who have these like very extreme phobias. Um, so like claustrophobia, agoraphobia, where you like have a fear of going outside cleanliness, I think has become, I mean, that's like, I'm thinking of COVID and just like fear of like, um, you know, contamination, like things like that. But yeah, like there's, uh, there's different tools and like therapeutic techniques to help people build up their tolerance of knowing that like they, they can actually tolerate that anxiety, um, in, in like kind of building up to the thing that they are most fearful of. If they're claustrophobic, it's like, are there other situations where they can kind of like stimulate that and like build up their, their tolerance and like ability to, to stand being in that space to the point where maybe like actually crawling through the catacombs wouldn't be as, as terrifying to them because they like practiced in a closet, they practiced in a car, they practiced in, in all the, in the the elevator, like all these other situations. Yeah. So you're basically saying that (laughs) I am helping my anxiety by watching all of these anxiety written horror movies (laughs) because I'm preparing myself for if I was ever in this situation and (laughs) I have all of these tools now to know I mean that, not crawl on bones. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't crawl on the bones. Um, but yeah, like, you know, one of them, like if, if you know that you're going to go like spelunk or you want to go spelunking, but you have this deep fear of, of claustrophobia and caves, like, you know, looking at pictures or like videos as like a starving point, because like, that's something that feels more tolerable, but still, you know, like activates you. It's still scary yeah. to like, look yeah. at these pictures, look at these videos, but you're not also like in the situation, which is the scariest thing. So like, how are you working yourself up to get to that point? Um, and you're just like slowly increasing the, the level of the scary thing and also increasing your tolerance to be able to like manage and cope with it. Mark. So now the next step is us going to the haunted house. (laughs) Crawling on the bones. (laughs) On the bones, figuring out all the puzzles and trying to not have all of these things collapse on us. <laughs> Do you have any phobias? Are you claustrophobic? Uh, no, but I am afraid of heights. I mm-hmm. do not like airplanes and I okay. feel like I'm going to fall out of the sky every time. As much as I have traveled the world, mm-hmm. I still, my palms get sweaty and my heart beats really fast. And it's, I'm like, can we please just be done? Can I teleport? If I need, if I could get a superpower, I would just want to teleport. It's <laughs> a good one. So that I wouldn't have to. Do you have any? Um, I just have a lot of irrational fears. Um, but I don't know if I have like a phobia phobia. I mean, I am also very afraid of heights, but like I've I've been in high up situations and like not had panic attacks or like like with the flying one, I think is like a great example. Cause it's like how much of that, like if as, as much as possible, you would try to like avoid getting on a plane. Like, would you like take a boat? Would you like prefer yeah. to drive? Like, have you done that? Like, what are the things that you've actually done? Because like this, this fear is so great, but it also like gets in the way of like certain things in your life, like convenience, driving somewhere is going to take significantly longer compared to like flying there. That's very true. And yet I still choose to drive. 
<laughs> I will drive anywhere. Brian, do you have any any phobias, any fears? Um, I mean, my stomach does drop whenever, like, uh, you know, heights and things like that. Um, but it doesn't stop me from doing anything per se. Um, I guess like a more deep seated fear has more to do with like legacy. What am I leaving behind? Um, like, like that type of thing. Deep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but like, I'm not like, I guess in situations, like if I was like face to face with a lion, I'd be like terrified, but like, I don't (laughs) think about that scenario, uh, regularly. Um, but I think that that's kind of one of the, the bigger things, uh, there. So then what would your, so all of these in this movie, everyone has their personal like hell that, or whatever they have to like rectify. So Mm -hmm. with that, Brian, what would you think that your like personal hell would be, you know, in that situation? What would you have to like? My personal hell would be people not liking me. Fair. Just Mm -hmm. like that would be my personal hell. It would give me so much anxiety. What did I do wrong? Did I not do enough in the past to like appease them? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe I should have said yes more to things. Maybe I should have gone out of my way to like, even though like things are 50, 50 in relationships, like I always think that I did something wrong, no matter what. I would also be hung over in this scenario because everything (laughs) hits me 10 times harder in those like morning after like vulnerability places. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. that, that would be my hell. That would be, and, 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 and maybe at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm serving, I'm hungover serving brunch to people. Like, <laughs> like that's my like ultimate hell. No one likes me. They're all my friends and family. Nobody likes me. I'm serving them brunch. And some of them are strangers who just don't like me for no reason. I'm serving them brunch and I'm very hungover and I'm really going through it. That that's my personal, like truly my personal hell. And like nobody's tipping, the food's coming out super late and all the orders are wrong. And yeah, that uh, like all of that on top of the fact that nobody likes me for no reason. And then like I'm also hungover. That like honestly, I'm getting worked up just thinking about this actual. Oh, <laughs> This sounds miserable. Hey, I just, try some yeah. deep belly breathing. I'll, I'll fart. <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my per- that's definitely oh my, my personal. Oh my gosh, what about you, Jamie? <laughs> um I, I would say something similar to people not liking me. I think like my fear is kind of like like being invisible, I guess like that could be literal of like being in a room full of people and like no one, no one can see me. Um, but just like not being acknowledged or like, like things like that, like give me a lot of anxiety. Um, so yeah, I think that would be very unpleasant. That's yeah. I think we're all just like the most introverted people. (laughs) (laughs) Because I totally feel like the the same way. It's literally, there's there's a meme going around on Instagram that was like, I found a way to cure my anxiety. I just need everyone that I know to tell me that they're not mad at me every yeah. All the time. for the rest of my life. <laughs> I've seen that too. And I'll yeah, be- there's, there's like a meme, like the therapist says, like, what should you do? And then, and then the, you know, me, uh, call my mom. She's like, and then the therapist says, no. And then you say, wait, are you mad at me? <laughs> Like that's like millennials at therapy or something like that. Like it was just like nailed it, like, like knocked it out of the park. Yes. Terrible, (laughs) terrible, terrible. I agree. Yeah. That's, I agree with you guys. That would be pretty, pretty miserable. Also cap on 
if I'm like constantly falling as well. So like all these people are yelling at me, like, and I'm just like falling and I can't, I'm, I'm, I can't stop falling. From I will also say, we're also very lucky that these are our nightmares and we don't have to relive like something super traumatic. Fair. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I'll take, I'll take my personal hell over like watching like a family member die or something like that any day of the week. Right. Mm-hmm. Or even like going back to, um, ready or not and your whole family in law is like trying to kill you and trying to process that that trauma totally, totally. yeah <laughs> like if if what's her name from ready or not samara weaving's character from ready or not was in this going into the catacombs like you know she'd be living ready or not 100 percent. over and over again yes yeah. insane uh <laughs> yes well i know we went through uh the trivia already so brian there's not any other extra the biggest one is that they actually filmed the catacombs which is super 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 cool mm-hmm. and they use the real philosopher stone right yeah yeah and flamel nicholas flamel was actually uh an executive <laughs> producer he, he was overseeing <laughs> the scenes oh speaking of scenes i know what scene i really dug and it it, it feels into it, it, it filters into the um uh uh, the claustrophobia stuff. I really, really liked when like they were arguing over which door and entrance to go in and they ended up just looping around anyway. So they had to take the other one. Mm-hmm. I that, lo- was that was very effective for me. Yeah, I agree. Especially because it's like right off the bat where there wasn't, they weren't in the realm of the caves of where all the supernatural stuff was happening. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's just like, why, this is coming out of nowhere. You just got here. <laughs> like what is yeah. What is happening? And, like, and, yeah. and again, one of them could have been like, you know what? Screw this. I'm, I'm going back. But they can't because the cops are there. And mm-hmm. also the, the, the cops are there and the, it, um, the cult are in. singing. Oh, it also caved in. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Which, again, how did she get to half of those places to get back when things were caving in behind them and entrances were disappearing? Because it's Hogwarts. Everything changes. <laughs> This is actually the Harry Potter movie that they made much later in the series. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, can we all agree our favorite moment was the end? Was totally. The, the manhole. Do you have any other? Like, oh my god! Yeah. Moments. That I was so cool. Said you liked the mm-hmm. opening scene of that. Jamie, did you have any other moments you thought were? Effective? Um. I mean, I. The part that really like spooked me is um, when the cameraman is like dangling by himself. There's just like, like you also kind of know that it's going to happen, but like it just, I, I felt like that scene was really effective because of the way that they're coming back and forth. And like the creepy cultist person is just like getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Um but and because like he's alone in that moment and you like really feel that like isolation even though he's like so close to everybody else it's just like no just so close yet so far far away the name mm-hmm. far far away i do i will say i did appreciate because of the found footage style there were not a lot of there was not a lot of music it was mm-hmm. just a lot of sound effects and a lot of just them like heavy breathing because it's just them in the moment. <laughs> Truly just like, it's weird, but it was effective because you're, I don't know. Sometimes the music can kind of take you out of it and you're like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a movie, but this, it was just like, you are 
experiencing this in real time with them and getting their real time reactions and mm-hmm. all, the, all you hear are like the echoes because they're in the caves and you know hearing the singing in the background <clears throat> or hearing the water running you know beneath them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I thought that was really effective yeah yeah this movie really has some really strong moments and things, but I, I think that the last like 10, 20, 10, 15 minutes, I kind of fail it a little bit because it's less thought out than like the rest of the movie is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There was so much detail in how they were even figuring out everything and what languages that they were using. And even when they were um, trying to figure out, they thought they were trapped but there was like a bunch of stones that were stacked and they had to figure out which one they had to pull. Oh, yeah. In the door. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, the planets. Oh, but when was this built? It was in the year of this. And so they only thought there were six planets or no, they thought the sun and the earth were planets. So whatever, you know. And all this stuff was just so detailed and so cool. Mm-hmm. Like the very, puzzle aspect of yeah. all of it was really interesting. Yeah, it was very Indiana Jones Last Crusade where it's like, you know, Jehovah J. It's like, oh, they spell Jehovah with an I. Like that, I love that. Like that stuff was cool. And mm-hmm. um, I would totally do a catacombs escape room with everybody here. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, but two, yes. <laughs> Nikita, did you like the acting in the movie? Jamie, did you like the acting in the movie? Because there's no like background noise and it's really just the reactions and talking through things. And there's a lot of like dumb exposition and dialogue. Like, mm-hmm. do you think they did a good job with that? Did that add to it? Did that take away from it? Yeah. I, even though they had to have a lot of exposition, I think because it was in the found footage style and it was a documentary. So she had to explain herself because they're filming. They themselves are essentially filming a documentary. I thought that that aspect worked. Um, and yeah, it, it just seemed like real-time reactions. I mean, like, I think Jamie was saying, like, with Ben and him already being, or Brian, about him already being claustrophobic. So it was just like, he's living in the moment, real-time reaction, which is really all you can ask because acting is just, like, living in the real and in the truth. And he was forced to, you know, live in his truth in that moment. So I thought that was, uh, yeah, there was nothing about the acting that took that took me out of it it just mm-hmm. how they set up the end but even then I thought that the actors all did a great job Jamie yeah I I think for the most part they did a great job I, I guess like some weird Latope was just like very strange I mean I understand that like obviously he was like trapped in this in the catacombs for like years um but I don't know it didn't it didn't seem like he was like shell shocked. I there was just something off about that, and and so like I think that kind of like took me out of it. Um, and this wasn't acting because this was just like a prop. But like I really wanted that uh, that Templar knight to like move or jump out. Like I felt like that was a real missed opportunity of a jump scare. Mm, yes. Speaking of jump scares, which ones did you like the best? I know Jamie, you mentioned like. Benji the cameraman falling mm-hmm. yeah um that one really got me I mean it, again like I guess with Latope like attacking Suxi uh <laughs> like randomly like like that was unexpected um or like crawling through and then um George like seeing his brother 
Mm. Like those like weird, and I, I guess it wasn't, I don't know if that was a jump scare. I felt like that one was there. Oh, oh, I also forgot the, um, the, the other guy Zed where he saw that kid randomly and you like actually see the kid in the background at one point, which was like very yeah. upsetting. But again, like, because they, they don't fully explain everyone's like back traumas that much. Like probably Scarlett and George get the most explanation, but even George is just like, was this an underwater cave thing? I don't know. Um, but like, I guess you get it at the end a bit with Zed, but there's like things where I'm just like, I, it would have been cool to like know more, but also like not have so much more exposition. So like, I don't know what the balance of that is. That's fair. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Did you have a favorite scare? Um, I I think the two that got me were uh, the 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 woman appearing behind the cameraman and like keep getting closer and closer, um, and then the always a hundred percent of the time, like even if you're watching like a um, uh, haunting of Hill House or Blind Manor, like if I see something in the background that all of a sudden like is staring back at me, like yeah. I will lose it. Um, and so the little kid one got me. Def, like the, like the, that stuff like totally gets me no matter what even if i even if i watch videos of it beforehand like it will still get me yeah no yeah i think the succeeds like i wasn't expecting them to have the camera on her like actually getting her face smashed in uh by the top uh that's dope. So- that was also why why do all of the french names have to everything french we have to be in a high pitch Suxi, la top. does that make it more french i don't know yes yeah, yeah definitely uh yes well yes anything else to add you want to say about as above so below before we get into the ratings it makes me miss traveling Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, like I would love to go back to Paris that just, I just, I miss, yeah, I miss being in other places. <laughs> we'll just have to work on our French. We, <laughs> mm. yes. oui, oui. And learn how to crawl on bones. <laughs> learn yeah, how to- yeah. 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 I'll, we'll I'll, I'll put that videos. into my, uh, my exercise regimen. I'll, I'll ah. sign up for the next Peloton bone walking. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> cool you got any ratings brian yeah you want to do rotten tomatoes yeah yeah it's the rotten tomatoes <laughs> okay what do you think is this rotten tomatoes score <laughs> who I wants mean- to go first you want Jamie? me to go? Okay. I'm going to guess 56. Okay, 56%. Nikisha. Wow, you made mine seem high. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> go with 70. 70%. You were both way over. No. This has a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes <gasps> well, out of out of 78 reviews. Uh, and the critics' consensus is, after an intriguing setup that threatens to claw its way out of found footage overkill, as above, so below, plummets into cliched medio- mediocrity. The last 15 minutes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. 
Oh, also, I figured out, like, if I think of AA as above, so below. <gasps> you got it. Clap, clap, clap. More clapping. We did it. Hooray. And put door for. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's, I mean, that makes sense. That's really yeah. <laughs> Should we do the four S's? Mm-hmm. Hey. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> okay, so the four S's, skulls, scares, shakes, and uh, suggestions. Um, let's start with... Uh, Let's start with Jamie. Jamie skulls. So we'll talk about like the human behavior aspect, the mental um, health aspect of this. Do you think they do it well? Do you think it's not done enough? Do you think it's done just enough? What do you think? And, and what number would you get at one to 10? Maybe a five. So like there are things that I think are, are more effective. Like I think like the panic that everyone's experiencing in in the catacombs, like feels very real, both like the agoraphobic aspect, both just like, like the being trapped in a maze or not agoraphobic, claustrophobic aspect, Mm -hmm. being trapped in this like maze, like feeling disoriented, like everything that happens in like the first half of the movie, I feel like is done really effectively. Um, But then I feel like they kind of lose it when, when she's like, everyone process your, all the, all your baggage. And then, and then they just like, they, they just say what, what the thing is, but like, what are they actually processing? I don't really know. So I don't really think that was done effectively, but as we kind of talked about, like the last quarter of the movie just feels super rushed so yeah that that i don't think was really handled very well nikisha ditto everything i also gave it a five (laughs) so i actually gave it a five as well for those exact reasons i feel like it does the standard i'm a claustrophobic thing but then like it kind of fails the actual like point a little bit at the end Mm -hmm. all right next up is scares how scary was this did it make you jump out of your seat Jumping out of the seat uh, a couple of times. So I will give it a four. All right, Jamie. I'll give it a 5.5. Cause I, I think I'm trying to remember the first, first time I saw it. Like, I think there were some like spooky parts. I was less spooked this time around, but like, I'll, I'll, you know, let it have its, its initial scary moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a six. Some of it definitely got me. I enjoyed the first time. I definitely enjoyed watching it. The second time I had a couple, like the same things kind of got me here and there. Um, was it overly scary? No, but like definitely had its scare moments for sure. So I'll give it a six. Scary than a lot of the other stuff we've actually watched on this so far. Mm, very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shake. So you can remember it. Is this a, I'm going to forget about it. You know, how much is it going to stick with you? Basically, how much can you shake it off? I I can shake the movie off, but in a good way, I will always remember the last scene with the mm. mental. So mm-hmm. I'll give it a two. <laughs> All right. Um, Jamie. I think I'll also give it a two. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing really like long lasting about it. Um, other than I guess my hope that it was a little bit of a better movie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give it a uh, a four mm. only because I like the catacombs and that adds intrigue and excitement to it, for me at least. So <laughs> um, I'm going to go with that. 
Yes. Uh, cool. What are your suggestions if, if people want something different than this or kind of along the same lines? What, what are you thinking? Uh, I said Da Vinci Code earlier, but I totally meant National Treasure. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above, but not, I love National Treasure. It's just so cheesy and puzzly. And uh, if you want that kind of thing, I would suggest that. <laughs> cool. Uh, Jamie. Um, I have two. One is the ruins. Um, not It's not found footage, but like... I think just like being in a being in a space, I will call a vacation space. If Paris is a vacation space, then so is this like, you know, the Mexican ruins uh, and and like the idea of just like being tormented by your environment, um, you know, for different reasons, but still just like something spooky and, and ruins and things like that. So yeah, I would say the ruins, but also I, when it first came out, I loved Cloverfield, like Mm. loved, um, was like super into the found footage thing. Um, I don't know. I, first I found the movie really compelling, like the story, I I still really like it. Um, so yeah, I would say like for a like found footage style, um, again, like has nothing to do, like the, the plot is not the same. It's more of like a, like a monster movie, like all of Godzilla. Um, but I still, I just, I really love Cloverfield. Cool. Um, I will go. So the first one I have on my list is hell house LLC. Uh, which is a documentary, uh, a fake documentary about like something that went wrong in a haunted house, um, found footage, uh, you know, some creepy figures and things like that. I'm more haunted housey, but um, definitely. Uh, and we also talked about haunted houses on this episode. So I figured I'd throw that one in. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, d- again, with this one, I don't know if it holds up at the end as much like as the rest of the movie, but like, it's still really good. Um, and then the other one I have on my list is The Descent which just seems mm. like, uh, you know, it's not found footage, but like the caves, the claustrophobia, um, you know, feeling like you're being hunted by something, having to deal with your, you know, your friends turning on each other in like an era you can't get out of. We also talked about spelunking on this episode. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with those. Okay. Well, those are our suggestions for the movies. And I think that is it for this episode of Talking Horror. Woo-hoo. Thank you for listening to us banter about haunted houses <laughs> and all of the things. So if you want to suggest any movies that you would like to hear us talk about, you can follow us at Talk Horror Pod on Instagram and Twitter and shoot us some suggestions. And hopefully we can get to all of the things and talk about all of the horror things and human behavior things. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, rate, review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Um, Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Thanks, guys, uh, for joining us. We are signing off. Uh, Again, thank you for listening to Talking Horror and listening to us talk about To Infinity. Yeah. What's the movie called, Brian? No, Nikisha was right. To Infinity and Above and Below. (laughs) And Beyond, Above, Below, Far, Far Away. Left, right, up, down. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, the compass film. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.